what? Yeah, episode 88. In your face, what? Donald Trump just won the election, what? What's going on, everybody? We here to talk football. Man. Screw that other stuff. Uh, episode 88, we are going to get to that other stuff, but I also think in times like this, we are not going to become something we are not. And what we are is people that talk about football. Uh, but look, this impacts every part of every life. Uh, I'm actually excited that we have... Can you turn my headphones up a little bit? I can. Uh, we have Peter King uh, coming on the show today. And I How's think that sound? That's perfect. Uh, he's, a, I think, a very good nationwide perspective and he's in an older demographic of people that would have a different viewpoint than we would. Right. I think all of our viewpoints are very similar. Uh, so we will get to that. I'm going to save most of that discussion for the end because uh, I know that I would want to be distracted. So let's have a little bit of distraction, shall we? Uh, the Kenny Britt episode of the podcast. Um, the Playmaker. Michael the Irvin is the best uh, 88. I know. I uh-huh. didn't realize that the Cowboys had like an 88 tradition. Des Bryant, Drew Pearson. Yeah, I didn't realize it went Pearson, Irvin, uh, Lynn Des. Swan is an 88. Lynn's a great one. Uh, Let me see think. how many you can get before I start chiming in. Okay. The first one that I thought of was Marvin Harrison. Ooh, I would have forgot about him, but yep, that's a good one. Most give people give me a team and I'll just throw it out. I mean, you're talking about old ex-players here? Or? Uh, Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs, 88. Oh, Tony Gonzalez. There you go. Right, there uh, you go. Colts. Colts, 88. Well, Marvin Harrison. Other than him. Oh, there's another 88. Now Redskins. Oh, Pierre Garçon. Wouldn't have got that uh-huh. one. Good one. Current Packer. Uh, Ty Montgomery. Current Panther. Uh, is Funches where he? No, wait. Olsen doesn't wear it. Yes, he does. Olsen's 88. That's what I saw on the jersey store. Uh, current Bronco. I don't know why that one didn't register in my brain. Demarius Thomas. Mm-hmm. Current Saint, uh, Seahawk. Uh, Jim McGraham. There you go. 88 uh, is a very popular number. What do you think of the aesthetics of 88? Oh, uh, I think they look cool. It's I a good-looking number. I love it. I mean, the Playmaker, truly, I grew up with seeing Michael Irving wear 88. And when I think of 88, I always think of Michael Irving, and then I immediately think of the first time I ever saw Michael Irvin in person, which was the night my dad got his jersey retired uh, at Giants Stadium. It was opening game of the year. They're playing the Cowboys, 95 season. The Cowboys going to win the Super Bowl. But when the game's over, we go across the street from the stadium to go see my dad's family, and we walk in the bar, and we've already, I've already seen like the Giants players leave the locker room. Dad talked to some of the Cowboys coaches. Their buses drove off. So now we're going to go see – like my grandmother and aunt and everybody at the hotel across from the stadium, get in there, going to meet them on the bar. We walk in the bar, and the playmaker was standing on top of the bar. Stop. <laughs> Stamp, standing on top of the bar, getting like some cowboy fans that were in town all riled up and stuff, but he apparently didn't go on the plane flight back to Dallas. Let me ask you a question. You saying that. So last night I interviewed Keyshawn Johnson for another company. Right. I interviewed Ocho Cinco. Uh, you mentioned Michael Irvin. What is it about wide receivers that they are such hams? Like Ocho Cinco, I'm at this event, and people are coming up, and he's like, yo, let's do this, let's do that. Keyshawn is like tight, and then he gets around people, and he's like, oh, yeah, we got this one. What is it about the wide receiver position that leads to them kind of being the party starter? Well, they've got tremendous self-confidence because they've always been the elite athlete. I mean, I think think wide receivers are the best athletes in football in general. We're talking about speed and explosion. I thought you were going to say defensive linemen. No, speed and explosion 
along with the hand-eye coordination, like mm. re- receivers usually can shoot a basketball and dribble a basketball, where DBs usually can't do any of that stuff. Like, gotcha. It's a little awkward where, yeah, I played with basketball with receivers or throw a baseball, whatever it may yes. be. They can throw the reverse pass at you know quarterback if they wanted. Uh, I think that is the first thing. They just have that tremendous self-confidence in themselves mm. and from a young age, and it's just kind of – blooms as they get older i mean at its core after the development of the forward pass throwing a football and catching a football are the two basic things and they're the best at it yes yeah and they're they're uh yeah they're they're a special group of people that's why someone like larry fitzgerald is crazy to me so humble the way he is so ego free but he welcomes the pressure he does it the right way you're right but he welcomes the pressure and also wants the ball but he just handles himself the right way he's all for those guys in my history they they thrive on oh yeah who's out here covering me man to man Mm. throw me the ball coach throw me the ball call me Keyshawn and Ocho were both telling me just they they it's they they have to talk crap it's part of who they are. Yeah, it is. If they're not talking crap, then they're not going to. I mean, think about Steve Smith. If Steve Smith didn't talk, he would not be the same guy. Oh, they're such pain in the ass, wide receivers. It's, it's woven into the fabric of who they are. Try being a quarterback with them. Holy crap. Well, I think there's – if I were going to go the – I'm open, I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. If I, this is a random one. I'm just thinking the biggest party starter at each position, I would say quarterback, my first thought was a Cam Newton. He, to me, is the flashiest of the quarterbacks. Right. Um. Who is a flashy running back in the NFL right now? LaShawn McCoy. McCoy is the first one. He's willing to talk a little trash. He's right. willing to get yeah, mix it his, in there. His, the way he plays is kind of like street-style yes. football. Wide receiver, who would be the ego-filled? Uh, is it Odell? I think it's Odell. Yeah. yeah. I think Odell. Julio's kind of like. Julio's the he's opposite. He's like your Larry Fitzgerald yes. kind of guy. right? Yes. Uh, Antonio Brown is right up there with Odell. Certainly. Um Amari Cooper goes back to the Julio Man. Larry Fitzgerald. So thing. who would you? What kind of wide receiver would you rather have? Uh, if they're equal in talent, yes, I would rather have the Amari Cooper mm. Julio Jones type. It's just it goes back to me what Ocho Cinco said about Troy Palomalu. There's something about the really good player that doesn't talk that I think is more intimidating. Mm-hmm. And when they do talk afterwards, they can still talk. Um, I just think we all. I mean, I, I just grew up watching Rod Tidwell. You yeah, know, yeah. Jerry Maguire, spit on the head, Arizona, sit down, be that guy. You yeah, 10 minutes till Peter. 10 minutes till Peter King. Um, so I wanted to have all these discussions, but then I realized, look, we're in week nine. Half the, the season is done. Yes. I wanted to pull up your power rankings and go, how many true Super Bowl teams are there in the NFL right now? Okay. We haven't done this in a while. We haven't looked at who are the reliable best teams. Number one, Patriots. Number two, Cowboys. Super Bowl team. Yes. Sure. That's where it's crazy. Yeah. You're not even sure on the number two team in the NFL. No. I, I'm more sure, way more sure of the AFC. If the AFC could have just have some of those teams over in the NFC, I got more I got more faith as a complete yeah, I don't have faith in that, really anybody in the NFC. Number three, you have the Raiders. Right. The Raiders. I know. Are they a Super Bowl team? Yes, but I don't, barely. I don't, ha- I, mean, I don't have confidence. Not in if that. they have to play New England. <laughs> Four is the Falcons. Yep. I feel more sure about the Falcons than I do about those other two teams. Uh, uh, the Cowboys. And I the, do. And Just the, in terms of oh, right. having the team that I feel like can make the run. Yes. The Cowboys and Raiders. The Cowboys. My fear is they get down early. 
The Raiders, my feel is fear is their defense if they have to face a good offensive team. The Falcons, I feel like, can hang in there with anybody. I would agree with that. You have the Chiefs at five. Right. Chiefs. No, that's not a Super Bowl team to no, me. No, but the Chiefs are dangerous. They the, are, they're dangerous, they but they're Justin, not a Super Bowl if team. If they get Justin Houston back and they play oh. it smart to where let's not really – let's make sure he's ready for January 1st, not December 15th. Yes. They are going to be – a hand, they're going to be a boatload for New England. Justin Houston and Bud Dupree are both activated this week. That's good. I Which saw one's that. a bigger impact? J- uh, Justin Bud Houston. Dupree is a linebacker for the Dud- Steelers. Bud Dupree is a huge addition to that team because they really need him. Like They have great need. But Houston is an elite pass rusher. Exactly. Justin Houston is a special specimen. Six, you have the Seahawks. Yes. I have almost no faith in the Seahawks. Seventh, you have the Broncos. Yes. Have a little faith there. I still am not going to say that defense is, is Man, out of it. It's it's the defense. You were talking about this today. The scary thing about the Broncos that no one's talking about is their lack of depth right now. Yeah. Derek Wolf is going to be out two to four weeks. Yes. Um, but they're missing the big guys up front that they've had for so yeah, long. Yeah, there's no more Terrence Knight and there's no more Malik Jackson. Guys like Mitch Unrein have left yes. town. There's a lot of those type of guys. You're right. They have the they have still good depth. I don't look at them and go, oh, this is Minnesota or Seattle, where they're like literally playing the same five or six guys all game. Mm. But the big thing left go with them, and you and I talk about this all the time, is like you got to have some legit big people, not some like I'm lifting weights to be 295 type big. Just where fat, huge people. Yeah, like I'm really 280, but I've worked hard and I'm 295. You need a Red Bryant. Exactly. You need those guys. I, yeah. I don't know what, you know, like. An Ottawa Rubin. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, you need some legitimately like, oh, I'm watching my weight to be 315 or 320. Yes. And Do you know who has a lot of those? Dallas. Yes. Talk about them. Dallas has got. Because the D-line was supposed to be the issue. Remember, they were supposed to draft Joey Bosa. Right. And they still scare me when they have to play like an ultimate passing football team. That would scare me. Like them against Atlanta, like we've had this conversation. I'm taking Atlanta because I think Atlanta is going to win that shootout eventually. Yeah. Uh, But, yes, when you go through Malik Collins, uh, Tyrone Crawford, um, the other kid, uh, 97, McLean, the other D-tackle. So they start the game. They go go McLean. And Malik Collins at D tackle, and then they go Tyrone Crawford and Jack Crawford at D at end. So you still have Cedric Thornton, you still have Demarcus Lawrence. Yes, and the the big thing is though with those those starters there that I just mentioned too, they have great size. Like when yeah, you, Sean Lee can fly around there because you right. got four. When moves Ty, up Tyrone front. Crawford's your D end at six four two eighty five, that's that's saying something. And your D tackle is like we were just talking about. Collins is three ten. McLean is 302. Uh, you know, guys like Cedric Thornton are 310. Demarcus Lawrence, okay, now we got a speed pass rusher and he's 255. Yeah. So there's, that's why they're never going to be overpowered. That's the good thing about the Dallas Steelers. Here's the rest of your rankings. Sorry. And yeah, I'm just going to say that none of these are Super Bowl teams Giants, Texans, Redskins, Eagles, Vikings, Lions, Packers, Chargers, Dolphins, Ravens. You have the Steelers at 19 yes. in your power rankings. Yeah. And they are one of the teams that... I had them going to the Super Bowl. Do you still think they can do it? I, I mean... I don't. I don't. And I just watched that game Why is film. this the year that it doesn't happen? Because every year, Ben Roethlisberger came out this week and said, I'm not Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to say relax. I'm just going to say it's halftime. And you've, if you've been on this team the last few years, you know what happens for us this time of the year. Yeah. And there is a certain confidence in that team right now because they have done it every year. Yes. Why are you not buying it this year? Why are you like... 
there's a lot of teams that typically do this. The Seahawks typically do this. Why are you not buying the Steelers? Well, I, I think like when when their years pass, there's just core principles. I think I look at and go, oh, you know, okay, they have it. They're close. They were a little sloppy this game. It was bad turnovers. They blew a coverage. That's why they're four and four at this point of the year. But no, I, I can honestly sit here and go, no, Pittsburgh's four and four because they got their butts whipped in four games. Like, mm, and that like, doesn't change overnight. It does not change overnight. And again, we're we're teetering the line of like. Again, oh, Ryan Shazier and Stephon Tewitt and Cameron Hayward, please don't get hurt. Because Shazier was – Shazier's unreal. I mean, in the Ravens game last weekend, yeah. he's, he's all over the place. But, no, I have no faith in their offense right now, too. The Big Ben played horrible last week, and it wasn't because his knee was banged up. What was it? He threw it like crap, and he made dumb decisions. Uh, so that wasn't good. Out of the fact that, you know – it, it, the the offense does not blow me away. This is what I'll say about Pittsburgh's offense. They're a little bit. I, I'm going to butcher this, but like you know, what do they say? Like they do everything, but yes. they're not great at anything. Yeah. But what are they? What's that? Like masters of none. Uh, you know, they're they're good at There's everything, but masters at none. Whatever it is. Sure. There's nothing. I watch their offense and go, oh, here they are in a power running set. Oh, they try it. One play. They run it. Oh, next play. Empty backfield. Let's throw a quick pass. Oh, let's get back in that, em- that, that power running set now mm. and either run it or run a play action pass. And this scheme is just very Jack simple. of all trades, Jack master of none. There we go. That's what they are. I don't like when it comes nut cutting time in an NFL football game and it's, okay, this drive, we got to have it. What are the Pittsburgh Steelers? I don't really know. That's, I think, a big thing for me. And yeah, I have no faith in the defense either. Um, I wasn't going to transition, but you just said nut cutter, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Kayla Carpenter. We'll it's get back a, it's, to this. It's an industry term, we're nut gonna cutting. Get, we're going to get back to the Super Bowl discussion in a second, but Kayla Carpenter, wife of Dan Carpenter, Richard Sherman ran in, hit her husband oh, in the knee. Yes. Um, and, well, did you think that was dirty? Well, it was. A, it should have been penalized. To me, that was like the Chase Utley slide. I'm not mad at Richard Sherman. I you think know, he did the right oh, thing. Oh, he should have been penalized. Yeah, the refs messed it up, and that's the reason that th- those refs are not refing a game this weekend. Uh, is that right? Yeah, they got pulled. Um, it was supposedly not just for that game. Well, okay. Yeah, then I mean, they also messed up the play clock and pushed him back five yards. Yes. That was a crock. But my thing is, is he touched the ball, thus he can literally do whatever he wants. He could have been much worse and just dived at his knee. But to me, it was the Utley play, where you kind of get a wide slide and you take out the shortstop. Yes, well, he got caught in between, too. I think he's thinking... Man, I might have been offsides. I'm not sure. Let me block this just to make sure. And also sure. hit him so he definitely doesn't make Let it. Let me just, yeah. Well, the wife of Dan Carpenter had tweeted, I know what we do on the farm when a male can't control his rage. Hashtag lucky I'm not there. Hashtag act like an animal. Get treated like one and put a picture of a castrating tool. Wow. Um, she has since apologized, not understanding the, the racial uh, backdrop of the Jim Crow laws and how they would sometimes with black men castrate them. I mean, whatever. Stuff. My thing for you is right. this. I don't care about that. We always get into this big thing. It didn't mean that. My thing to you is this. If you were playing and Amico Grimes or a Kayla Carpenter tweeted out, man, Chris Sims sucks. Or this guy, whatever. How does a player handle another player, significant other in the locker room if they are sending a message? Do you go up and say something, or do you wait for that guy to apologize? You're to saying you? like if Dan Carpenter is if Dan Carpenter if if Dan Carpenter was on your team, right? And his wife tweeted on your team, and his wife tweeted out, "This quarterback sucks." Bench Chris Sims. 
I would, I, first of all, I, I would pay no attention to it. I would not even give it. The, okay, but you say that, but reporters I mean, are going to come kn- up to you. I would you. know about it. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Reporters right. are going to come up to you. I would just you. give it no credence, though. I really would. You'd say, I don't care. I would say, I, I really don't She's care. She's not in the locker room. She knows nothing about football. I would probably make a derogatory comment along those lines, being like, she absolutely knows nothing. I mean, I would probably have Let's, I want to change. I want to change this because I don't want it to become a okay. wife thing. Let's say Dan Carpenter's brother tweeted that. Right. I still would still... probably say the same thing. He's clueless. And you know what? His brother's the kicker. He doesn't know what's going on here either. So, but I mean, would you go to him or would you expect him to come to you? And if he didn't come to you, would that be an issue? Uh, no, it wouldn't be an issue either way. I would make my comments strong in the media to where he's going to read them. And then he might come to me and talk to me. And I'm just going, yeah, that's how I felt. No, I'm not mad at you, Dan, whatever. I know yeah. that wasn't between you and me. Your brother's. You're not going to look over them and all of a sudden feel bad. No, no, I'm not. And I'm just going to go, hey, your brother's a dumbass. It's all good. I got a brother that's a dumbass, too. My whole take on it is I think it's very fascinating that people go, I can't believe they would tweet something like that. Listen, these are not famous people. Regular people just tweet all the time. But when it gets picked up, now you're like, oh, crap, I'm associated with with notoriety. Well, I I wish it would all end. All of it. I mean, and I know Peter's on the line here, so we'll get to him. But, I mean, even like Eli Apple's mom, the whole thing, like, get out of here, Miss Apple. I don't care. Sorry, the reason you have this platform is because your son's been really successful at football. And you know what? The week you came out and started talking and talking about all these issues with the Giants organization, you know what? Your son sucked against the Eagles. He sucked. They benched him, like, after four times getting burned. So he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt, Miss Apple, if you keep acting like a jerk, too, and talking about the employer. What, what employer wants an employee's mother to be bashing them at any level? Forget it, football. Mm. But I mean, here, a Bleacher Report. You think Bleacher Report would be happy if Mrs. Lefko was like sending texts out like, Bleacher Report disgraces women all the time and her blah, blah, blah. Like, no, nobody wants that. Have you been looking at my mom's Twitter feed? <laughs> it's pretty raucous. All right, Peter King, get the hell in here. How What's are you? What's up, Pete? What's up, guys? How you doing, man? Everything is going okay, thanks. What's going on there? Uh, nothing. We're just talking about football, a little politics today. It's a crazy day in America today. We were just talking really quick about the teams that we think are the traditional teams that you'd look at in Week 9 and go, that's, that's a team built to go to the Super Bowl, and I think we're up to like one and a half. <laughs> it's like the Patriots and like a half of the Cowboys, and then we're looking at the Raiders, Falcons, and all these teams and going, maybe. The Broncos. Maybe the Broncos. Uh, how many teams do you look at right now and go, I feel confident that they can make a run? Um, I still feel like the Vikings might have a run in them, believe it or not. I think that they're pretty good. I think the Chiefs might have a run in them. The problem with picking anybody in the AFC is yeah. they're basically going to have to win at Foxborough on January 22nd. And who's doing that? Anybody? I mean – Maybe Ben Roethlisberger. I doubt Alex Smith or Nick Foles. Maybe Derek Carr, right, but right. I doubt that. I mean, that's the bottom line. I could see, I could see three or four teams going into Jerry World on January twenty second because it Cowboys have a one and a half game lead for home field in the NFC now, and they're t- the toughest game on their schedule the rest of the way might be this Sunday at Pittsburgh. So, I mean, and the Steelers are four and four and stumbling. So, I, but, but I could see Seattle going in there. I could see Atlanta going in there and winning. Yep. Uh, I mean, if Carolina keeps playing like this, even though Carolina's got a few tough games left, Carolina's not totally out of wild cardness. So, I, you know, who knows? I, 
I, I tend to think that we vastly overreact to what we see in one particular week. Mm. And I think time and again, it's proven that that's a stupid thing to do. I think that's why I haven't given up on the Vikings yet. I think that's a perfect transition into a discussion about referees because now that I have clearly not been covering the league as long as you, Peter King, but I'm seeing a few trends. Every August, ACL injuries are the worst ever. I kind of think it's probably the same thing every year. And each week, are the refs worse than they've ever been? Is the NFL less entertaining than it's ever been? You did you did a, a thing on your website, mmqb.si.com, talking about the idea idea of full-time refs and why it wouldn't work and you had a lot of insight from people like Pereira uh, a few reasons you'd lose some quality officials because they'd have to choose between their officiating job and their actual job um, and I thought the interesting thing was Pereira's take about the full-timers and how much would being full-time really help where is your stance on all this and I kind of get the notion that you don't think full-time referees would be a big change well Here's the issue right now that nobody wants to talk about. Everybody said, make them full-time, make them full-time. And, and I don't necessarily – I don't think it would make it any worse. But, right. but, but you have to answer this question first. You know, Mike Pereira yesterday said to me, essentially, he went over his, his best guess after looking at the list. There's 135 officials right now in the NFL. His best guess is that they would lose about 25 of them. And a lot of people would say, well, geez, why would you do that if you could be a full-time official? And Because, obviously, the problem from the NFL's standpoint is they're not going to guarantee these guys' employment for X number of years to be full-time officials. So, therefore, if you're a teacher, you're an educator, whatever, you're making $95,000 in Santa Barbara, and you've got guaranteed a guaranteed job for the next 15 years versus, hey, I can make 120 this year in the NFL, but I have no idea if I make two stupid calls, they could whack me. Right. So, and that's that's the biggest problem. So, so what I say is, you can't just say you want full time officials. You have to say, okay, if there are full time officials, keeping in mind one of the next two years, they're probably going to add an eighth official. Uh, probably going to put them way out in center field along with the back judge for an extra eye on the hand fighting between receiver and corner in the backfield. But, but okay, so if you add 17 new officials there, and then there's 25 officials that change, okay, then that means, and they always make four or five changes every year, that means essentially the 17 officiating crews over the next, say, two or three years are basically going to have between three and four rookies or first or second year guys on every crew. You ask those officials now, and I traveled with a crew three years ago, Gene Steratore's crew, and basically Gene Steratore, his whole job is kind of bringing the younger guy along on the crew. And imagine having three of them. And imagine what happens the first game that one of those young guys really screws up. You're saying, my God, how can you have three young guys on every crew? So that's that. You can't just say, I want full-time officials in a vacuum. And then and you're going to have to live with what goes along with having full-time officials. Yeah, those are valid points. I never thought of that, that part of it for sure. 
I guess I always think that it'll be better if they're full-time because they'll be, a, be, be around it more. Like OTAs, you could get them out there for practice. Training camp, they could be with a team or a few teams throughout it to where they don't get out there the first week of the year and go, wow, these guys are big and fast. Holy cow, LaShawn McCoy is amazing in person. Oh, wait, that was holding over but there. But you know what? But but I'm let me a... ask you this question. Let me yeah. ask you this question. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, I'll name you a few teams that practice yeah. almost the way they play. But what good is it going to do if, if, uh, if Walt Coleman brings his crew to 49ers practice for three days in October? They're not going to have their pads on. What, what, I mean, they're, they're not going to go with the practice squad guys and the scout team guys no, at no. full speed. Right. But, but, I mean, it's, it's not – it's just you can't duplicate what happens in a game. And I'm not saying all that stuff is useless. I'm just saying that I think people are overrating the importance of going to see a team in minicamp when in minicamp you can't have full contact with pads anyway. Yes, right. It's just, it, it's just not, it's not practical. And if they did it, it wouldn't make them worse. But what would make them worse is having all these young guys with them. It kind of reminds me of what I'm hearing now, you know, what we heard in the, in the presidential election. Okay, Chuck Todd, I had him on my podcast last week, the, the NBC guy, and I said, how did Trump rise so high so fast? And he goes, I was at the Iowa State Fair, and we were interviewing people, and one guy said to me, he said, hey, this is my middle finger to you, to Washington, to the whole establishment. I want to blow it up. I want to throw a Molotov cocktail in it. And that's, that's the same thing with officials. Just they hate Jeff Triplett. Get Triplett out of there. Okay, that's fine. Who's going to replace him? Is he better than Triplett? Maybe. Is he not? I, I, I don't know. Maybe he will be. But the, everybody's first response when there's a stupid officiating blunder is to say, let's blow it up and start over. Well, h- how does that improve it? Mm. I think you know what we do? We get rid of instant replay so that we don't know they missed the calls. I think that our TV technology is too good. The problem is, the problem is everybody at home is going to know it. People are going to scream just as loudly as they're screaming now. Yes. No, I, I think the, the true thing is, is we can see eight different camera angles of every play now, and it's those are much more magnified. Uh, you, you bring up the presidential election. Uh, every TV show I look at today is talking about Bill Belichick's letter. My most interesting thing I took away from that is that apparently Bill Belichick's writing hundreds of notes and letters every month. Who knew he had time to write this much? I haven't written a letter in years. Um, my, my question to you is, of the 32 head coaches, how many do you think voted for Trump? Well, how many? Well, how many voted? That's the question. <laughs> well, I mean, half forty-seven percent of our country didn't vote. So let's say that sixteen of the thirty-two coaches didn't vote. Um, man, you don't even. Then think I they would say if you if you were to ask me how many of sixteen voted for Trump, I'd say fourteen. Yeah, mm. I would agree. I would. I would honestly, if you asked me, thirty-two coaches, I would say thirty-one. Probably, I'm, I'm going to say Sean Payton. Maybe not. He'd be like the one guy that I think. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know either. Know. We're just I mean, throwing crap to sit out down there. And think about it. It's hard for me to imagine Hugh Jackson voting for Trump. Ah, uh, that's right. Ver- the way knowing him the way I do. Very valid uh, point. But who knows? I mean, look, look. I mean, you know, we. Uh, I, I over the weekend, um, I polled nine 
players who I occasionally talk to or have contact with, it was nine for nine for Clinton. But then again, it, all nine who were they uh, black or I'm white dealing with, they were all black. Right. So, I mean, I, and, and look, I, I don't think like I would be surprised if, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was 80% of the white players were voting for Trump. I'd be surprised if it was more than that. Yeah. Because I know a lot of players who are, I'm not saying, I'm not saying naturally just anti-Trump, but I know a lot of players who uh, are probably more socially conscious. Like, I think one of the big problems in, in sort of, uh, in sort of, uh, you know, painting players with a broad brush is that there are a lot of players in an NFL locker room yes. who are interested in current events and who and who pay attention and who probably watch Fox News or MSNBC in the lead up to the to the election. It's not and I don't I can't even say for sure that it's, it used to be different, but when I covered the Giants in the 80s, I don't think anybody cared about politics. I mean very very few but I think a bunch of guys do care about politics now, and so and and look, I don't I don't know. I haven't taken a poll, but I would just be surprised if it was ninety five five, uh, you know, Trump among white players. I think it would be the majority of Trump, but I don't think it would be near unanimous. Is this election going to have an impact on the NFL? What do you think it could be, if anything? I don't really think so. I mean, uh, Donald Trump likes the NFL. Uh, he loves the Patriots. Uh, I think he's anti-Goodell, but I think probably Obama was anti-Goodell too. So, uh, but I, I no, I don't think it's going to matter. I think the only the only way it'll matter is that I, I would bet that uh, a year from now, week nine, two thousand seventeen. You know, Donald Trump will say, don't bother me between one and seven. I'm going to have red zone on in the Oval Office. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's going to be he's going to be a football fan. And, you know, Obama wasn't that big or hasn't been that big a football fan. I think he loves basketball. I think he loves the White Sox. And I don't I think he likes the Bears, but I don't think he's a huge football fan. But I think Trump is going to be will be a lot more NFL savvy you know, than, than Obama has been. Peter, we appreciate your time so much, my man. Thank you so much, and keep killing it. Hey, MQB.com. keep leaving those dollars on Greenwich Ave, man. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> Say hey, take care of yourselves. All right, man, be See good. You, man. Good Thank talking you. to you. See ya. Uh, in terms of politics and some other stuff that has happened, uh, two things. Uh, San Diego had a thing called Measure C where they were trying to raise hotel occupancy taxes to pay for their new stadium. They needed 66.6% for it to go through. They got 43%. They didn't even get half. Uh, they have three options now. Stay and deal with Qualcomm, move north and join the Rams in L.A., or try and move somewhere else like the Raiders in Vegas. Uh, they're in a really interesting spot. And I don't know what's going to happen with the Chargers, but I also don't want to dive too deep into it because I have a feeling it's going to be like the Rams and it'll be three years in the making. Mm. But um, I, is it 
is it just like human like annoyance that I look at it and go, I don't like teams moving because it's also been a fabric of the NFL. Teams have been moving for every decade. Yeah. The Browns to Baltimore, um, the Arizona Cardinals to St. Louis Cardinals to the Rams to the uh, to the L.A. Rams. I mean, there's always been the Houston Texans. So uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they've been new franchises, moving franchises. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. I, I like San Diego. Yeah, we like fish. Uh, we like history. We like the nostalgia of yeah. the team. Dan Fouts and all those, all those guys. Right, exactly. I mean, you do like that, but at the same time, um, hmm. The most interesting. Of, they got to get out of there. The that mo- stadium's an embarrassment. Yeah, and their fan base obviously doesn't really care. So the most like, interesting thing there is because the Rams jumped the Chargers as the LA team. It's caused a rift between the Rams and the Chargers. And if they had to share a stadium together, it's almost amicable between the Giants and Jets for a little bit. Yes. But if the Rams and Chargers, if there is beef there, that would be very interesting to it, watch. It so it's something be. to kind of keep your eye open for. Right. Um, what was your take on the Belichick letter? Uh. I know this from – I wanted to ask Peter a few more questions about this. Um, but, but, yeah, I think there's a lot of disgruntled players in football. I would think there's a lot of disgruntled people in his locker room today just knowing that he wrote that letter. Like, yeah, there's there's – the majority of the NFL is African-American. A lot of African-American players that I know and everything, they're offended by Donald Trump. And uh, I know – and speaking to a few writers and things like that as well, where they've done little secret polls about that. Like, yeah, names of coaches like Rex Ryan, Mike Shanahan, who's the Shanahans are a great friend of mine. Mm-hmm. But I know there was, I know one writer who went around and players brought up Mike Shanahan's name before the election going like, I don't think I would play for him again if he was a head coach. Mm-hmm. Cause I was going to say, you think Mike Tomlin voted for Trump? No, definitely not. Yeah. Right. I know. Come on. I'm really, I know. I, I, I'm thinking you're right. No, I would have a hard time thinking, any black guy would vote for Donald if Trump. If you look in at general. the percentage of how people voted, they did not vote for Donald. I yes. think it's I think it's very interesting. But you're not going to bring that up after you just saw them get rid of Jamie Collins. You're not going to be bringing it up does in it, general. Does it ever? Players com- are respectful. It's an it's a it's a military type environment. I'm not going to say it's totally yeah. military, but you take your orders. You listen. You're respectful of your coaches. And most players, even though we only see the Odell Beckham Juniors of the world, most players are really great humans and totally respectful of other people. Right. And they're going to go, okay. I just think it's a very interesting time where we're seeing the Colin Kaepernick stances towards the national anthem and Brandon Marshall taking a knee. Uh, We're seeing a number of things from players for equal rights. And then this happens in the same year. Equal rights, it should have equal rights for equal people. But this happens in the same year. And I look at the NFL and every time, look, Keyshawn and Ocho, you know what they said? They said the NFL owns these guys. And that kind of relationship where there's a distrust because of CTE, where there's a not allowing them to celebrate individuality brands, you can't market yourself, you can't do anything, uh, you can't even put out highlights of yourself unless the NFL has approved it, this kind of control, and now you're getting that kind of uh, unrest on a political national landscape, I'm very interested to see because the NBA has been, has been vocalizing. You looked at NBA Twitter last night – 
LeBron had a huge Instagram post. All, Carmel, all these guys were posting things. In a weird way, when you're able to talk about things that make you upset, it's a venting process. I feel like the NFL has been holding this in for so long. Well, the NFL is just very right-wing Republican. But that's, that's what I'm saying is. is I feel like there could be something big on the horizon. There could be. I mean, the NFL ratings maybe are going to continue to drop. Not I don't even know. that. I, if there was ever but, going to be a walkout but you're, or a sit-out, and we've always said that the one thing that the players need to do is to not play, mm-hmm. this is the atmosphere where I think it could happen, where there's enough unrest professionally and personally to make them go to a level where I go, I need to do something, and the only thing, the only thing the way you can punish me, Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, is you're not allowed to play. Well, guess what? You know how I'm going to punish you? I'm not going to play. I could see it happening. I'm not saying it's going to happen soon, but if it gets really bad, man... Because when I walk around New York today, it's crazy. The negativity right now is crazy, and I'm not even. And I'm in the majority. I'm the one that everyone's going. The only people that benefit from this are white guys. Okay, imagine if you're not. Yeah. And we just talked about it's like eighty percent of the NFL, if not more. I just I could see something happening right now, and I just think the NFL is the most skewed out of all the major sports. It is the highest percentage of African-American athletes to non-African-American coaches, front office people. It's the biggest divide. They, are, they have the least amount of respect. They've had the least amount of help. They have future uh, injury issues on the horizon. They have the worst salaries when it comes to... It is the most, the most slanted out of all of them in terms of racial impartiality. And I, I could see something happening. Yeah. I, I don't think anything will happen. I'm, I'm, I hear you. I mean, you're, all your points are Because totally, it never happens. Uh, I, I mean, no, it never happens. Because I do think it goes into the mindset of the football player in general. I mean, this is a group of guys like you're talking about. When it does come to their own livelihoods, actually, they're not even willing to sit out yes. at that point. They go, man. I have a short lifespan to do this. Right. I need to make my money. None of it's guaranteed. Colin Kaepernick. I blackballed. The only reason. The, the stars align for Colin Kaepernick. The only reason he's in football right now... Because of Blaine Gabbert? Well, and really more just because the NFL and the 49ers were scared if they cut him at the end of the season. He is hated around football. I, the coaches I talk to, they literally despise Colin Kaepernick. He will not be in football next year. and He's going to have to play amazing down the stretch for him to even have a job next year, which is so sad to say. Because, listen, I don't agree with the way he did it. You know, you've heard me say that. Yeah. I wouldn't pick the national anthem to make my protest, but the fight is just, no doubt about it. And, but he is – they're out to get him. They don't want him in football, to me, and it's he just, won't be in it. It's an unbelievable dichotomy that the real way that people consume the NFL right now and the way that young people consume the NFL is by drafting players on their fantasy team or doing daily fantasy or something like that, and the whole notion of the team is bigger than the player doesn't make sense because young kids do not are not Eagles fans. They're Carson Wentz fans. Mm-hmm. They're not Giants fans. They're Odell Beckham fans. Yet, we haven't seen a signature shoe out of a player in a really long time. Yeah. You don't see it. And to me, it doesn't make sense. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to bring up government-wise was five more NFL teams are now playing in weed legal states. Ah, smoking the weed. Niners, Raiders, Rams, Chargers, Patriots are now in states that allow recreational weed smoke. Oh, no. But this goes back to what you were saying before. It's up to the employer. 
Right. If the player says no, then it's no. That's no. just universal for every job. We're not going to let these crazy renegades smoke weed. Don't know. We'll never control this 53-man roster. Oh, no way. Yeah. A crazy kid from New Jersey and all these inner city kids and that crazy Midwesterner, there's no way. So Trent Williams just got suspended four weeks for using marijuana. Um, and the question is, is he wanted to use that, I guess, instead of Vicodin. Yes. If you were a teammate of a player, a very important player that got suspended for smoking weed, which is against the rules, but he didn't want to take opioids, how would you feel about that? Ooh, I would feel really bad for him, but I would tell him not to lose four game checks because you could do more good with those four game checks than not. That's, that's a tough thing. Just don't take anything. Just yeah, or or you're just gonna have to find a medicine, a, a pill, or something that kind of does it for you. That but you, then you got to get it checked, and you got to make sure it's yeah. not on some new list that might come out in eight weeks. I know. Listen, it's 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 here's my. You guys are sacrificing your bodies, and then are limited on what you're allowed to I do know, to help it's your. F-ing stupid. It's f-ing stupid. That's all I can really say. It is so stupid. And that's why players feel like they're treated like a piece of meat by the NFL. Well, yeah. For all the reasons we've talked about. Let alone um, the fact that their first introduction to coaching staffs is they stand up there in their underwear yes. and get poked and prodded like right. freaking cattle. So Exactly right. I mean, it's, it's a very weird experience to be a part of that. I mean, yes. Especially when you forget, you can know. You t- can you tell my mood? <laughs> but it, it's... Uh, do you think there will be people in the United States that will not have voted in the presidential election but will cast a vote for the Pro Bowl? <laughs> Probably, yes. It's pretty funny. I know. I know. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a crazy time for sure. Yeah, I'm amazed by that just in general that half the country didn't vote. I, I want to be like, where where were you the other half? Where the heck did you go? Uh, the weed thing is a really interesting conversation. Uh, the NFL is going to have to figure something out with this. And I know most people, because whenever it gets written, most people go, oh, they only get tested once a year and they know when it is. Yeah, we know when it is in a four month period. Like, so, OK, great. I had a conversation with a guy once who was trying to he was in pain during training camp and he was trying not to smoke weed to do it. He wanted to go through training camp, try to be kind of clean. Um, I'm not going to say what team I was on at the yeah, time don't. just to leave it out, but regardless, one day comes by and his body wasn't feeling good. And he had been complaining to me that like his shoulder was hurt and things were hurting. And he didn't come to practice one morning. And one of the guys came up to me and, and was just like literally like, hey, blah, 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 is not here. And he goes, I don't know, he's, he's angry because he's not smoking weed and his body's beat up and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right. You know, and I kind of always ended up being that kind of guy in the locker room who was a little bit relatable to everybody. And I called him up. And I said, hey, dude, I said, come on, man. You're being ridiculous. Like, you, you can't throw away this money, this NFL career, all the great things you can do for your family because you decide you want to stop smoking weed during training camp. I said, if it makes you get here to practice, smoke weed before you get here. Wake up in the morning, smoke. Get done with practice, smoke. Who cares? But don't just throw out your NFL career and all this money out the window because your body's feeling miserable and you're trying to – like ride the narrow straight road of I'm going to be clean during training camp and do that. Uh, and the next day he came, came back. I don't did, know he get, did he ever fail a drug test? No, that was the other thing too. But he was like, 
he was not he was trying to be he was going through a period where he's like trying to be a good guy. I'm not going to smoke. I'm going to I'm gonna be all in the NFL and be professional and do all those things. And yeah, he hurt his shoulder like maybe the second week of training camp. And that was actually part of his process. It, it was. And he didn't want to take the opioids and do all that. He the, the, he hated the way it made his stomach feel. He said he's always felt drowsy. And yeah, yeah it tears was, apart your insides. Yeah, I, your I, liver dies. Definitely. Definitely. Um, one quick stat before we get into top five quarterbacks guaranteed to lose and then make our picks. Uh, despite using seven quarterbacks since his last start, Johnny Manziel is the last Cleveland Browns quarterback to win a game. <laughs> I saw that on Reddit. That's and pretty, I just, I just wanted to amazing. share that. It's, I, went, I was at a store when me and uh, Fendrick were in Antioch, California. It was a dollar store. And they had a 2014 Legends of the Game sticker book. And on the front was Tom Brady, Andrew Luck, Drew Brees, and Johnny Manziel. That is crazy. And I, it's the, how quickly we anoint people. It's pretty unbelievable. It's ridiculous. I mean, that was out of hand. That is a perfect example of totally out of hand. I mean, oh, wow, a 5'11 quarterback who runs 4'6-something. Yeah, he's going to come in the NFL and tear it up. No doubt about it. Okay, so um, let us do – what do we normally do first? Uh, Normally do Guaranteed to Lose first, I think. We switch it up. Can you sing it with me? Maybe. Guaranteed to Lose. What, 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 what? Hey, yeah. You can smoke weed where they are. We've been smoking weed anyways up there. Uh, I'm going to say you're picking – the oh, 49ers. The Seattle Seahawks. You're uh, going to lose. You wow. got to New England. You got no chance, fools. No chance. No chance. None. None. I don't see how it happens. You got. This the is line the, is seven and a half. This is the, the way I justify it right here. Just if we could talk about this for two seconds. I mean, first of all, it's bye week, New England. Seattle plays the same two defenses. Really bad formula. You know my whole theory on that. I mean, Josh McDaniels and Bill, Be- uh, and Bill Belichick and Brady, just like we saw in the Super Bowl three years ago, they will surgically destroy. They invented the way of beating the Seattle exactly offense. Exactly right. They Julian sur- Edelman, Amendola underneath. Right. And no. now you have better. Only this time they can run the ball. Yes. And they're better on offense. Oh, yeah, and they're better and on Seattle defense. Seattle has still. less depth than their And D-line. they're worse. Yes. Yeah. There's no chance. Uh so, uh, yeah, that's sorry, Seattle, you're losing. Seattle, guaranteed to lose. If you're going to, to San, San Francisco. So now, this is interesting. Yes, I don't care. To guarantee to lose, yes. you must have faith in the Cardinals. I do. I don't care. I got, I got so little faith in the 49ers, it doesn't care. I, are they playing Don, Bro- Don Bosco Prep High School this weekend? And I think Arik Armstead just went on the IR. Oh, gosh. If he did or didn't, I don't care because their run defense is still the worst I've ever seen. I don't, I've been watching football my whole life. 49ers are going to lose to the Cardinals. Let's just get that out of the way. I have never seen a team give up 193 yards per game. In a nine-game NFL season, that is mind-blowing. Is, is it a lack of talent? Is it a lack of run fits? Is it not execution? It's is all, it coaching? It's really all of it. I, I, there's not one area. That, I to just, me, was the most surprising coaching hire of the offseason. Jim O'Neill, a defensive coordinator? The fact that Chip Kelly took the Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator, yes. who just had the 32nd-ranked defense, yes. and said, I want you to be my DC in this really important transition year. I, I'm with you. It's, it's, that was crazy. It ain't and working. everyone was like, uh, yeah, I like O'Neal. That's a cool-sounding name, Jim O'Neal. Yeah. Disaster. There's no way. And then 13 yeah. and a half, too much for that game, or you dig that? 
I'm not scared of that. I wouldn't. I would think about that. Guaranteed to lose. <laughs> He's so flustered today. Uh, I mean, how could I not pick him? I mean, come on. Who am I picking? Of course I'm picking him. Cleveland? Thank you. Even on Thursday yep. night against a Ravens team that can't put up points. Yep. They're old. The new red state is going to lose to the Ravens. Man. Yeah, yeah, Double yeah. It hit you there. <laughs> I knew that would hit him. I knew that would fire him up. Uh, yeah, the Ravens. Uh, first of all, I, Ohio. Know. We're intellectuals. We picked the president. All right, yeah, stop, nice stop. Would you stop? <laughs> Holy cow! Who would ever thought I'd have to be the voice of reason around here? Uh, the 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 Ravens, though, um, offensive line healthy, actually opened up some holes. Even though their statistics aren't going to show it, because Ryan Shazier and Lawrence Timmons were unbelievable really? in that game. They're unbelievable. I mean, there's six foot holes, and I go, oh, here goes Terrence West going to run through. Bam! Out of nowhere, two yard gain. Uh, but the Ravens defense, again, I'm just, I got a lot of faith in it. There's no way that Cleveland offense is going to do much against the Ravens. Great job by the, by the Ravens benching Sharice Rice, playing Tavon Young, gives them a little more speed on the outside. Mm. And man, they're immovable. They're just if Cleveland wants to run the ball, you ain't running on Baltimore. And that's really the only thing Cleveland has. Exactly right. And we've talked about this on Monday's but, show. What's the point of playing Cody Kessler? You know he's not going to be the guy. When a lot of people say, what's the point of playing Josh McCown? See what you have in Cody Kessler. You've seen enough. I've seen enough. Yes. yes. Let's try to win a football game Am right I now. crazy to think that I've been unbelievably unimpressed with Joe Flacco? Am I being too harsh because of the offensive line injuries and the lack of talent at wide receiver? No, I mean you're you're probably being a hair harsh, but no, he Joe's been frustrating. He's I've never seen throws. someone take sacks like he does. He's being careful. He goes down before the guy even touches him. Right. Well, I'm not going to put him in the Eli Manning category quite yet, but uh, he he has not thrown the ball up to Joe Flacco's standards. He's, I mean, the interception. I mean, did you see the interception he threw last week? They're down in the red zone. He's running to his right. Oh, he tried yeah. to throw it across the field behind his body. I mean. Yeah, that was unbelievable. But either way, uh, yeah, that has not been good. But I do think with their O line, they'll have enough offense. But the big, I want to talk about this just real quick with Baltimore. Like we talked about other teams, like not having big people. I mean, Baltimore. I know you and I know this, but it's just one of those things when you watch them and they're healthy. You go, holy cow! Do they have a lot of big people? I mean, let's start off with their starting three on defensive line: Brandon Williams, six one, three thirty five. Oh, their speed fast guy on the inside is. Timmy Jernigan, 6'2", 300 pounds. Then they go, oh, yeah, we got Michael Pierce over here. He's a big guy. Oh, yeah, six foot 340. Mm. So you got Carl Davis, Zadarius Smith. Carl Davis is not – he's hurt. Okay. Uh, but then you have Lawrence Guy, who's their other starter, yes. who's 6'4", 320. So their three starting D linemen are 300 – 320, 340, and then the other guy we bring in is 342. I mean, that's it's unbelievable. Not to mention, like you're saying, Zadarius Smith, who's a giant on the outside at 6'4, 275. You got Suggs on the other side, yes. who's 6'4, 280. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's unbelievable. They got more it's ass just a and smart legs on that team. drafting philosophy from Ozzy. It is, other than it, his stupid. Who does he draft? Who does he draft? He drafts like Alabama recruits. Yes, he drafts ass and legs, baby. That's right. Yeah. Ass and legs. Um, all right, top five quarterbacks. By the way, Chris, you're 22 and five, guaranteed to lose this year. Oh, uh, Browns this week have made five appearances now. 49ers, Bears, and Dolphins each have four appearances. Woo! Dolphins ain't going to be coming on there anytime soon. I did think about the Dolphins this week because I didn't think it was fair. Maybe to go Thursday night game, the Dolphins are going to lose to the Chargers. I will say that. If you want a bonus fourth, there I'll you go. I'll tell you what, I didn't. Uh, Tannehill looked like crap. 
yeah, the Jets game. The Jets played uh, the Jets played smart football in that game. I'm not gonna like usually I bash the Jets game plan. Yeah, other than that, Fitzpatrick flip, yeah, the lateral. Oh, right. Or well, his two interceptions were stupid too. Yeah. Holy cow! Top five quarterbacks with Chris Sims brought to you by the Josh Fendrick family. Josh Fendrick, I'm cool. Be my friend. Number five. Number five. Hold on. My computer's tripping out. Here we go. Okay. Are we going out tomorrow? You want to? I want to do karaoke tomorrow. All right. And I want to sing This is the End of the World. Oh, look at him. He's writing it in. He's like, Kristen's brought up my girlfriend. And, uh, <laughs> Number five. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Number five. Going to old Philadelphia. It's a red state, by the way. Thank you, red state. Wentz, <laughs> Wentz, huh? I'm going Carson Wentz. First of all, this is what I'm most impressed with with Carson Wentz. We know he made a lot of big throws down the field, which is amazing. Uh, no doubt about it. But I think the thing that I love more than anything, the guy, a young quarterback, throws two interceptions his first two drives of the game and then can just come back with no conscience and play unbelievable football and let it rip. Like, I, I, I've been around – 10-year pros that just can't do that. So I think there's really something to that. I give him a lot of credit for it. Is there anything, though, that he did that two weeks ago against Minnesota, and now we have two games of him throwing two picks very early in games? Is there any cause for concern? No, I I think, uh, honestly, I think his... uh, I would imagine that Carson Wentz was told to be aggressive this week because that was Doug Peterson's thing. Guys, we can even be aggressive. After the Dallas game, right? You got to be aggressive. Right. So he forces the throw down the middle of the field Mm. uh, uh, that goes a little high. And then the other one, when he's rolling to his right and Landon Collins, is the same thing. I mean, I don't think people realize he was throwing to the receiver in front of Landon Collins. The guy was running a shallow cross. Yeah. But he lost the ball so bad it went like five feet over his head. It looked like he was throwing to the guy Landon Collins was throwing. That was what we saw the problem with Carson Wentz early in the year, and it's starting to come back a little bit. Yeah. When he is excited, it gets a little high. It does. Uh, Number four. All right. Number four. Oh, he went up to Green Bay, and he was the better 12. Andrew Luck. Andrew freaking Luck. Listen, he threw two interceptions that were bad in the first half, but nonetheless, he went 23 for 36, 281, one touchdown. And the biggest thing is, is he made like the five biggest plays of the game in the fourth mm. quarter to end that football game. And I put a lot of stat, uh, I put a lot into that. That was pretty unbelievable. I, I think he was like, can you look it up real quick? But he was something like nine for 11, like 111 yards in the fourth quarter when they needed mm. him the most. And he's the only guy that they can depend on. So, uh, Andrew Luck is number four. Number, number three, three uh, surgical, but great throws regardless. Dak? Um, no, Dak was awesome. Dak was, that was so easy, I couldn't even pick it. I understand. It. I couldn't I even do it. Uh, uh, Derek Carr? No, I went Drew Brees. I mean, even though that was really easy as yeah. well, it became a shootout for Ramona. It did. They, so they he had to make some throws. In. Yes, he had to make some big plays and mm. big throws, and he did do that. Listen, I'm a Michael little bit, Thomas will make you look good. No doubt. I mean, Michael Thomas is phenomenal. Uh, I'm a little bit of a Drew Brees hater. I do think he's a hair overrated, but regardless, the guy's balling out right now, and number I think they're going to beat the Broncos this weekend. Number two. Number two. Um, Russell Wilson. I can't even think of a catchy phrase, but Russell Wilson, I thought, was, I mean, he's the reason they won the game, period. Yeah. I mean, he put some of those balls. They were perfect. The deep post, the two touchdown passes that Man. were one handed catches. Uh, a, he had a big scramble. Maybe at he one didn't point. do any push ups this week. Uh, I mean, man, did he throw the ball phenomenal? And again, another guy, no run game. Russell, carry the team, or we can't win. Pretty weak offensive line. I mean, pretty? 
not they no, got a guy a left tackle that hasn't played football since eighth grade. He hasn't. George Fant, Western Kentucky basketball what? player. I he, covered him at Western I Kentucky. I thought of you, and they were showing it the other yeah, day. I covered him. I mean, he took it to Louisville one game. Listen, he's it was his third start. I can't even remember second, third start. He's been horrible in all three. Well, yeah, he's a basketball player. Yeah, so. and he's their left tackle. Number one, you go with Matt Ryan. Yeah, how can I not? Come on, I mean Matt Ryan's on fire. Uh, I just can't get over the way he's throwing the football. Let me ask you this. So Derek Carr and Matt Ryan are your two top MVP candidates. Yeah. In terms of the offense and what they've done, how do you go about comparing the two? Who has more responsibility on his shoulders? I think Drew, Drew, uh, Derek Carr has more on his shoulders as a physical specimen than Matt Ryan. Like I still think if you put Derek Carr with the Atlanta Falcons, the stats are every bit as good, if not better, if you put Matt Ryan on the Oakland Raiders, I think they're definitely less. How do you accurately rate someone who is with a good offensive coordinator? Because yeah, here's my question. Hard, right. If you're with a Josh McDaniels, if you're with a Sean Payton, if you're with a Kyle Shanahan, every time we talk about them, yes. it's if they were someone else. So how do we know if someone is going above and beyond in those systems? Well, I think what you do more than anything is when I look in those systems and go, oh, like... There was games in Tom Brady's career where I knew this offense was awesome, but I said, man, this week, this defense was all over their stuff, and Tom Brady made six unbelievable throws to win the football game mm. regardless. I put stock into that. Like, can you make the physical play to overcome maybe the team's deficiency that Sunday to help your team win the game? That's why I value Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers so yes. much. And so I just think you have to blend that. Yeah, it's hard sometimes because, yeah, Tom Brady's got a great advantage being in that offense, but... Tom Brady still throws the football unlike most people in football someone, except for a handful of guys. Someone asked this on the Facebook Live that I did today. If everyone knows Gronk is amazing, how is he still wide open in game? <laughs> because they are amazing not only one moving him around and not letting you get your hands on him consistently like in the pass game, uh, as balanced as they are, they keep him off the line of scrimmage a lot. They make sure, oh, we're going to split them out. We maybe will motion them back in, whatever it may be. And then they have a great core of plays for the tight end in general uh, that they're just indefensible and great. Like, oh, you're going to double Gronk? Go ahead, double Gronk. You think Julian Edelman ain't going to catch 10 balls for 120 then? Yeah, like Bennett, that's, Hogan. That's what I mean. People just don't realize that. They, they only look White. at Gronk as the only like physical difference maker in that passing attack. And that's that's just not fair to the rest of those guys. All right, you ready to do some picks? I'm ready for some picks. Chris, you picked up a game last week. Oh, which one was it? Eagles, so Giants. You guys both agreed on Miami. You guys got that right. You both agreed that Pittsburgh would beat Baltimore. Got that wrong. Both agreed on Denver beating Oakland. Got that wrong. Uh, you guys both agreed on Carolina beating the Rams. Got that right. Sims, you picked the Giants. Lefko picked the Eagles. <laughs> so right, blue, so right blue, now, overall, blue. Sims, you are 19, 25, and 2. Oh, uh, two big blue year. state beat the red state. Ha, ha, ha. And uh, Lefko, you are 23, 21, and 2. All right. What's my record? 19, 19 25, and 2. That's crazy because my overall season record, I have to pick every game of every week, is like 63, 52, and 1 or something so like that. So you just get every game wrong on the podcast. Well, yeah. I mean, usually, usually, I mean, we usually pick the five hardest games here. and We usually pick the five games where I feel like it's one team that is like like – much better than the other team, and then that's the upset. But we're like, well, Carolina should pull this one out. <laughs> All right, so where are we starting? Uh, we'll start with Denver at New Orleans just because Chris already said who he's picking. 
Uh, Lefko, you want to? And who did I pick? The same team. I you picked, picked the Orleans. same still. Yeah, I did. I, I got to go with it. It's I scary. Th- I think there's a few things. One, when you look at the offensive line rankings on Pro Football Focus, which I actually do care about that one ranking, Saints are like 20 spots ahead of the Broncos. Yeah. And when I think about Drew Brees in the Dome in New Orleans, same reason I picked them against the Seahawks, they're really hard to stop. And if I, I kind of think, I don't know the injuries yet, but I think there will be some lingering issue injuries for the Broncos. Well, Aqib Tlaib, we don't even know if he's playing. And yet. I look at their offense and I go, I don't have confidence that you're going to move it against anyone, and I think the Saints can score 21 points against the Broncos at home. I don't know if the Broncos can score 21 points. I, um, you're, I, you're trotting out Kenny Bibb, whatever his name is. Yeah, I, uh, listen, you're, you're playing the New Orleans Saints who can pass protect the quarterback almost as good as we saw the Oakland Raiders yes. last weekend. So there goes one of your big advantages of your Broncos. Noah Keep Tlaib against that group of receivers is going to be tough as much as I think of that secondary. Uh, that's going to be hard because they have three or four guys that legitimately can win one-on-one matchups mm. all the time. Uh, so that is that is a big factor, yeah. And it's hard to really put confidence in the Denver offense in general right now. Yeah, it really is, and it's not all on Trevor Simeon, everyone. It's, re- re- really quick, really quick. When Peter King said the Vikings, yeah, he's wrong, but it's all right. I mean, listen. I, I mean, I looked at Josh and I went, "What?" Yeah, the Vikings. Listen, their defense is still really good. Um, after watching that game yesterday, you know the Vikings are in a tough spot. Like. Do you want to go ahead and be ultra-aggressive and try to win games with your defense like the Broncos? But within doing that, you might let, get up some big plays. And mm. do you feel confident that your offense can make a big play to keep pace? So that's an issue. Mi- Minnesota and the Broncos are water boy teams. The, the, the one thing... The, Kick it and play defense. It's the best chance you have to score. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I really would. Except the Broncos... If they get the right matchup on defense, have right. two guys on the outside that can scare the crap out of you. And uh, just to get to the Vikings real quick, I don't even know if we're picking that game, but we are. Okay, right, I'll talk one? about it when okay. we get there. Uh, we'll just get this one yeah. out of the way. I put Seattle at New England down. You guys both pick New England. Yes, no shot for Seattle. I don't see how. I really don't. I don't I'm think just very not betting against New England. I don't think very highly of Seattle. I, I really don't. See, everyone has this like. I don't know, this nostalgia about you. what Seattle was. And Familiar they never... faces yeah. lends to confidence. Right. I know who Richard Sherman is. Right. I know who Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas and Michael right. Bennett and Russell Wilson are. I see them every year. It's the same reason I'm going, why do you think the Steelers aren't going to do it this year? They do it every freaking year. <laughs> yeah, you right. know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Minnesota at Washington. Sims, you want to leave this one off? Woo. Remember who you picked? He's going to change it. No, wait, just make it because I switched back on this. Mouth it to me. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. You want to go first? I picked Washington. Yeah, okay. I forgot Trent Williams was, was out. Oh, he wants to make a change already. Trent Williams is No, there. I think Washington. He's on his couch smoking weed. Going to watch this on direct TV. <laughs> I, I look at Washington, and I think Washington is actually a good football team. I do. I think their offense is really good, and I think they will put up some points on this Vikings defense because – like, the Vikings just played the Lions, mm-hmm. and the Lions are the perfect team for the Vikings to play, and they lost that game because it's all contained in front of you with running backs and tight ends. They have that offense in Washington. The difference is is they also have Pierre Garçon. Yeah. And they also have Kirk Cousins, who's a much I'm, – I'm, he's a much better quarterback than Sam Bradford. Jordan Reed is a much better weapon than Kyle Rudolph. I, I, I get that, but they're not, they're not playing – you're talking about Detroit. That's who Minnesota was playing last I week. I know. All right. And now they're playing Washington. Right. I think Washington's going to put up some points against its Minnesota defense. And I think that even if Minnesota's got it going, 
I don't think they're going to put up points against Washington. It's scary. It is. I'm picking the Minnesota Vikings. Good. I, I did. love this. Yes. Uh, Go for that 0 and 3 team. I know. They're 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 it is scary. I think a I lot I think you're doing with Minnesota. I'm off this. Well, they're good. They're the better overall team. No, it's not overall better. I, listen, I think it's very close here with these two teams. I really do. Yeah, it's a coin uh, I honestly I honestly wanted to pick the Redskins in a lot of ways. Uh, I think the London buy affected me there. Trent mm. Williams affected me there. Mm. Uh and I think this game's a lot like last week uh, for, for Minnesota to where the Redskins' defense is just average enough to where they'll create some offense. Um, and I don't think Kirk Cousins is as good as Matthew Stafford. And I'll leave it at that. This Minnesota defense is still really, really freaking good. Minnesota's defense, just to hit on the point I wanted yep. to hit on, they play six linemen. They, they're defensive linemen. They play six defensive linemen. They're on the field too much. They have to find ways to rest guys like Everson Griffin a little bit. They got to do something. I'm hoping we're going to do this a hidden truth tomorrow. But they got to play their other D lineman that never plays, Justin Trotow. You need to throw him out there for 10 snaps a game. Give Brian Robeson or Griffin yeah. a, 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 you know, a, a breather. breather. Right. And then, you know what else they got to do? You, every now and then, put Anthony Barr at defense end. Make him part of the rotation. Mm. He played defense ends in college at UCLA. He was the eighth pick or seventh pick of the draft because of that. I hope put it doesn't there. come down to last week. This stat's unbelievable. The Lions situation at the end of the game yeah. with that Matt Prater field goal. Teams that were down exactly three points with 30 seconds or less in the fourth with the ball inside their own 30. What do you think the re- their record was since 2001? Inside their own 30, 30 seconds left. Yes, in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. Before Matt Stafford tied it up. How many games total? 98. 98. I'm going to say 1 and 97. 0 and 98. Wow. He's the first one to ever tie it up. I, I wish we could sit here and enjoy the throw that he made. Oh, yeah. Because people, that's again like... They got in field goal position because Matthew Stafford has an unbelievable arm where he stood in the pocket and corked his body and said, I'm going to throw this 105 miles per hour. And he threw a 35-yard piss missile that was four feet off the ground to get them in field goal (laughs) position. It was unbelievable. I rewound the tape like 15 times because I was like, Holy cow, did he fire that. And the ball was spinning so fast, it was unbelievable. We're picking six games this week, so we got three more. Okay, we got three more to go. Say, hey, producer Josh is here. Hey. Dallas at Pittsburgh. Dallas. Dallas. I can't go with Pittsburgh. I just can't do it. I mean, not after seeing Pittsburgh get torn up by Jay Ajaya and them a few weeks ago. Yeah. And and now now you're you're going to go Dallas. Dallas? Right. And Dallas is like. They're not as good as Baltimore on defense, but Dallas is going to play smart. They're not going to like just be like, oh, Antonio Brown, go ahead, run free, have fun. They're going to be smart. They're going to stop him, and they're going to say, we have yet to see anybody else do anything on this offense. Great coaching year by Marinelli. It has been a good coaching year by Marinelli. Kansas City at Carolina. If I, you're going to I Carolina. think I picked Carolina. You did? Oh, yeah. You did? Huh. I picked Kansas City. Good. It's a, it's a tough one, too. Yeah. Um, I do think Kansas City matches up well with them. Uh, they first of all, Kansas City didn't defend the run well last. That week. That was my big fear. Scary, because if you're going to let Carolina run, that's the only way they have a chance. Yes, and I think they would realize that. I've also would think Kansas City has the people to stop the run there. So uh, I would think they kind of get 
re-schooled in that a little bit. And then the other thing I'll say to it, too, is they got good cover corners. Like, Marcus Peters can just stay out there man-to-man all day on Kelvin Bedron. So if they want to commit Eric Berry mm. and Parker to the run game, I think they can stop that. What about Kansas City on offense? Yeah, Kansas City on offense, like, I think they'll be able to... Macklin didn't practice. Spencer Ware is a question with concussions. I know. That's really the big one is Spencer Ware. They need he's the big Spencer difference Ware. Maker. He definitely is. It, it scares me extra special if he's not in there. But regardless... I still think you're gonna, they're going to be able to throw the ball in this Carolina defense. And I would say this is about as good an offensive line Carolina's had to play all yeah, year, too. True. So I don't think they're just going to be able to like say, oh, we're going to roll them. I over. think I'm going to win the Washington game, and you're going to win the Kansas City You game. think so? Yeah. And we always pick the Eagles game, Atlanta at Philadelphia. Atlanta. You, you guys agreed on this one. You're going to Atlanta, huh? Just that easy. Okay. I think Atlanta's a top-five hey, football team. You're that mad because they went red state on you guys, and now you don't even want to no. admit to your no. own. <laughs> I I just look at Atlanta and I go, oh wow, that Eagles secondary looked like trash, and now you're going to face this offense. Yes, they haven't faced an offense like this yet. No, and they need to be careful. I know we talked about it on one of the videos today. Just be careful. Make make Atlanta show Jim Schwartz and Fletcher Cox that they can run the football on them. Uh, with two safeties deep protecting Julio Jones. I want to see it before I actually bring Mike Jenkins or McLeod into the box. I to feel help like the that game. Washington game messed with Schwartz's head. Man, it, it's, it hasn't been as good they last week. They ran to the outside. There was a lot of good last week. Yeah. I mean, I mean people are just forget. They got the short field twice yeah. and scored two quick touchdowns. Defense is still but really good. But when your good. coach makes the dumbest decisions ever, like let's talk about what you said to me before. Adam, it's unbelievable. He goes, he, do, he goes for it early in the game. He goes for it on fourth and nine on a drive with six minutes left. But then at fourth and five in field goal range, he decides to kick it. And it's on the same drive. Yeah. Well, why go yeah. for it on fourth and nine if you're not going to go for it on fourth and fourth five? Fourth and nine on like the 46 When you're down eight, line. let's make it five. Right. Because that big five-point play is on the horizon. <laughs> I need to cut it to five for that five-point play. It's I, easier than that seven-point play. I know. That, that, was, that was baffling. I'm with you, but I'm going to Atlanta, too. I don't trust it. I think Atlanta's defense, too, kind of matches up with you guys, keep a lot of people in the line of scrimmage. Yeah. They're pretty fast. I don't think they're going to let Darren Sproles get off. And Trufant's a good corner on the outside. Their, their corners are solid to where I don't think you guys, of course, are have a hard time exposing any corners. Mm. So, I don't know. It'd be a good game, though. There's a lot of really just like to run down the list really quick. Yeah. You go Texans, Jaguars. I think that'll be really close. People, I mean, you think the Texans are going to Jacksonville or steamroll them? Broncos, Saints, I don't know. Rams, Jets, I don't know. I mean, it's... Those, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about Kansas City, Carolina. That's Bears, a Bucks is very even. Packers, Titans has a lot of even qualities to Definitely. it. Definitely. Dolphins, Chargers. I mean, other than San Fran and Arizona, and maybe Seattle, New England, I mean, Giants, Bengals, who are you picking in that one? I... I really like the Bengals. I, I I went with the Bengals too, but I mean it's the reason I like the Bengals is that Washington game in London. Seeing Tyler Eifert reintroduced to the offense, yes, I went. Now they have three weapons. Now they have AJ Green, Tyler Eifert, Giovanni Bernard, and maybe Jeremy Hill comes to life. And I think if if the Bengals can get their offense going and this defense, because I'm not that impressed with the, the Giants' offense. No, Eli. there's I'm nothing not. to be impressed by. I look at the Bengals and, and I go... And there's no pew against Geno Atkins? That's my thing. Yeah. I mean, I really like the Bengals. I think, I think the Bengals are, are a chronically underrated team right now in the NFL. Um, I think the Washington 
Redskins are a chronically underrated oh, team. Oh, he said Redskins. Yeah, well. <laughs> He's really having a low day, Josh. He just said Redskins. Guy's crazy today. Man, how you feeling, Josh? Feeling great. Can you give me some positive mindset right now? I got nothing. The time world, wrap, the world is the not ending. The world is not ending. All is good here in America. We were great anyways. We'll be great again. There's mine. I agree with the I agree with the listeners. His pep talks are pretty weak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna let it bring me down. That's the one thing for sure. I guess you could tell who I voted for, but I'm not gonna let it ruin my day. All right, so this is week nine. Um Niner. Of the teams, really quick before we go. So we said the Patriots were the team, and then you had the other ones, the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Falcons, and all that stuff. Are there any teams that with a big performance go, okay, they're they're really clicking right now, and I feel really good? Like if the Chiefs were going to go in there and beat up the Panthers, would you go, okay, this is a serious little movement here? If the Falcons beat up the Eagles, is that a big confidence boost, and you go, I'm ready to throw them up there? Well, the, the Chiefs are the team that I would have my radar on the most because uh, of what we talked about before. I think they have all the core things you like. The big, they're big up front, both sides of the ball. Mm. Uh, the secondary is phenomenal. They have more than three cover guys. So they have that, a good offensive line. Exactly right. I mean, when, when Spencer wears healthy, it's a good running back. they got weapons on the outside. Uh, they're well-coached. Yeah, they're a team I would say watch out for. You got Travis Kelsey at tight end. Mm. I mean, it's uh, really funny when I look at the teams right now under the Patriots. Cowboys, dominant offensive line. Raiders, dominant offensive line. Falcons, an offensive line that's playing really, really well right now. And Alex Mack has been a godsend for them. Chiefs, really good offensive line. And then you look at some of the teams from the last few years that have been so successful. Cardinals, decimated by injuries on their offensive line. Panthers, Orr's been hurt. Khalil's been hurt. And the play in general with Remmers hasn't been good. Seahawks offensive line, they're playing a power forward at left tackle. Broncos offensive line, really not good. I mean, these were teams, and that's why I look at a Washington team that had Trent Williams and go, really good offensive line. Mm-hmm. It has always been a major divide in the NFL, the haves and have-nots. And that's why I think I still have faith in the Steelers, because they can protect Ben. The question is, can the receivers get open? He's starting to have an Aaron Rodgers-like problem in Green Bay. Green Bay, they protect Aaron Rodgers, but they don't have the guys to get open. Yeah, yeah. And they, they really, when I look at them sometimes, just like take Aaron Rodgers' offense a little. Like, if you, let's, can you guys execute one drive and go like eight plays, 80 yards, and get like a bunch of five and six yard completions? Because I don't think Pittsburgh's capable of doing that. I think they're too impatient as a play caller. <coughs> ah! Ah! Sorry. Yeah, I, 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 their offense scares me. It does. And I don't even, I haven't even liked the play calling or design of it a whole lot lately either. Steelers or Packers? Steelers. Steelers. But they could take something from the Packers with that short spread passing game. Like, mm. let me see more plays out of that set. All right. What else do you want to talk about? I think that's it. Atlanta can win. In, other than New England, Atlanta could beat any team in football. Mm. So could the Oakland Raiders. So could the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm so happy the Raiders won that game. Soak in the Denver Broncos. All, All right, right we got to wrap it up. This is a 95 Next hour. week will be the Chad Lewis episode of the podcast, episode 89. Uh, as always, uh, hit up Fendrick on Twitter. He reads them on the toilet. It's part of his uh, repertoire. We got some questions this week. We'll do it next week, though. Oh, jeez. Why don't you ask one or two right now? You want one question? Yeah. All right, I'll give you one question. We'll do it next week. I mean, he says that every week, and then we never do it. Here we go. Here we go. Here comes some good questions. All do right. rapid fire. Rapid fire. All right, here we go. So we got a few in there. Yep. Uh, is the Seahawks offense... You have to say the name of the person. 
Leon at Leon Bakley. Yeah, Leon. Is the Seahawks offense back on track after the performance on Monday Night Football and with Rawls coming back? Greetings from Germany. Hey, hola, Germany. And you're going to say no. No, of course not. No, that was Rapid the... Rapid fire, that's all you get. Sorry. Yep. Nope. Trevor William, 82. What's Romo's realist, realistic next step? He's got to retire, right? No, I think he'll be on another football team next year. Ooh. At Max J. Mulcahy, who is the better quarterback, Osweiler or Bortles? Osweiler. They're both horrible, but Osweiler. At Nathaniel Scott, 9. What can the Giants do to get the run game going? Shout out for Toronto, Canada. Oof. They can get underneath the center every now and then and let the guy run in like a traditional set. They don't have to be in the shotgun every time. Mm. That's the one thing that drives me crazy about football in general right now. It will be hard with Pew. Uh, yes, it will be. Those are the questions we got. That was great. Really loved it. Good you guys stuff, were good awesome. Um, I just want to say that I love Sims and I love Fendrick and you're two of my best friends and I appreciate it. Uh, and you've, hel- you've helped me today. We're God bless America. Best friends that anybody could have. Uh, enjoy week nine of the NFL. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for Sims. Peace out, homies. For Josh. Good night, everybody. Enjoy your day. Have a good one. Isn't it week 10? Week 10. It's week 10. All right, good night, everybody. I'm dying.